What is going on, Shrey and Kenny? It's been a long time for Kenny, but uh, Shrey, how are you doing? Doing great. Enjoying this playoff basketball, you already know. Yep. Kenny, how's the uh, how's studying for MCAT and everything going with you? Uh, it's going good. You know, we're stressing, we're de-stressing the days tomorrow, so hopefully we all work out. Yeah, hopefully Kenny does well on that tomorrow. Uh, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of therapy session because um, we got. And last time out, the last thing I think we were discussing was the Los Angeles Clippers and um, Utah Jazz. That series was just starting out. I, it was after Game One. Um, I predicted predicted that the Clippers would go down two games, which they did, and they came back. They won three straight. Um, Kawhi Leonard, we don't know his status. It's an ACL injury. We still don't know if it's a tear. Uh, it could be a sprain. We don't know how long he's out for. My my guess is he's going to be out for the season. Um, I think it's going to require surgery. Honestly, don't know. But the Clippers, uh-huh. yeah, the, Clip, the Clippers' hopes in this season look very grim um, until two nights ago we saw Paul George step up to the plate. And, you know, I don't think this Clippers team will get to the finals without Kawhi, but – Seeing the way Paul George played, proving everybody wrong, proving a lot of haters wrong that he still has it. He can still be playoff P, um, as we saw, 37 points the other night, which is absolutely ridiculous. The Los Angeles Clippers, I think it's more of a moral victory because even if they were to get to the finals, they would get blown out the water by the Nets or the Bucks, I think. And um, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Moore stepped into the plate. This is a it's a very difficult season. Um, for the Clippers, but it, it was a really good moral victory. And uh, I do think the Clippers are going to win this series because they are up three games to two right now, and they have another home game uh, tonight in L.A. So if they can close it out, they're going to move on to the conference finals, and I don't think they'll beat the Suns without Kawhi. Um, it's unfortunate, but, yeah. Uh, Shrey, what are your thoughts on uh, Pandemic P? I mean, he really showed up. I got to give him his props. I mean – 37 and 16, bro. Like, I did not expect that at all. I was like expecting around like 28 and not that efficient shooting and around 10 rebounds. But he really showed up. Um, he kept them in the game because I've never seen anything like what the Jazz did in the first quarter, hitting 10 threes and then only being up by like three. And he had 22 points in the first half, pretty much kept them in the game. I'm. The Jazz looked like they were about to pull away. The Clippers would just hit shots at opportune times. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, who I have had my concerns and I have hated on for a pretty pretty long while, but he, he showed up. Um, Don't forget Luke Kennard. Okay, Luke Kennard, six points, bro. <laughs> like, come on now. Six points and one rebound, bro. Getting attacked on defense whenever it's possible. I mean... Ty Lu has, I mean, he's 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 a good coach. I think he solidified it. Um, this small ball lineup's really working. Starting Terrence Mann, who I'd said when the the um, the Mavs beat them in Game Five, I said he needs more clock. And ever since then, he's played really well. He's he started in place of Kawhi, and he dunked on Gobert. He dunked on the Stifle Tower. I don't think I've seen anyone dunk on Gobert in a long, long time, and he was the first one to do it, even though it was kind of like he threw it in. But he like, he played really well. He, he's a good defender. He hustles. Um, Batum, he makes threes when they need him to. Like They make shots. They can make shots. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league, best free-throw shooting team in the league. So they're not going to um, uh, miss out on like open opportunities – the free throws have been huge in the playoffs for a lot of teams. I mean, some teams it's changing the whole series. So they make their free throws. Tyloo making adjustments. He's attacking Gobert every time. Reggie Jackson in the fourth quarter was just attacking Gobert. Paul George had some really tough buckets against Gobert. So they're playing really well. I think I picked the Clippers in six before the series started. Um and now with Donovan Mitchell kind of hobbled, he's a game-time decision tonight. Mike Connolly, we don't know. I don't think he's going to play. And even if he does, he's not going to be at 100%. I think the Clippers in front of the full-capacity crowd tonight, they close it out. I think Paul George will have another good game, probably around 30. Um, I think they'll get a contribution from playoff Rondo today. Um, I mean, I, I think Marcus Morris continues to be on his hot streak. 
Um, he played really well at the end of the series, last uh, series against the Mavs. I think he'll continue on it, and they're going to close it out. I think I, – I don't think the, the, the Jazz will be able to win uh, with a hobbled Mitchell tonight. So I got them closing it out and playing the Suns. Kenny? I'm in the green here. I think, you know, the series is back in LA. Paul George finally getting the taste for that rhythm again. You know, he's a rhythm player. He's a guy who mm-hmm. makes his first shot. He makes his second shot. He's second shot, his third shot. He seems to feed off his own energy. Plus, the energy of the crowd is going to be there. No more that pandemic peace land. I think it's time to retire that. That just This is just showing how fluke the bubble was. You know, players, players who were going off in the bubble, players who were playing bad in the bubble, the mental thing, really. And now we're out the bubble. We're seeing what, you know, who playoff he really is. He's, he's going to be – I think tonight he's going to go off for about 38. 30 and 8? Not 38. But he, he's carrying this team. Like, like straight said, I was watching that game. was like, I was like, shoot. The Jazz are just making 3 after 3 after 3. And he kept them in that game. Terrence man, banged on Gilbert. I was like, wow. That did not just happen. I couldn't believe it. Terrence yeah. Mann, of all people, it was Terrence man. He provides great minutes, great energy, great hustle. Young players are supposed to do that. So I think tonight, especially with the injuries that the Jazz have suffered to their star players, Clippers and 6. Um, I'm gonna give credit to Tyler real quick. You know, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, slept on this man, including myself, bro. I thought he was pretty dumb for some of the things he was doing. And there was also a clip on Twitter where this man literally didn't know what was going on. It was against the, against the Mavs. Um, I don't know which game it was, like game four, game five. Yeah, on a challenge he, or something. He just looks so clueless. Like, you know, I guess never judge a book by its cover because uh, he knows what he's doing. Maybe it's the amazing assistant coaches that they have on the Clippers. But uh, Ty Lue, I mean, he's he rode out the storm. That's exactly because he did not hit the panic button when the Jazz were hitting so many threes. He stuck with that lineup. Um, he stuck with his players. And he even put Paul George on the bench, something that, um, like, he rested him. I, I thought he would leave Paul George the entire game after seeing what Kevin Durant did. But uh, he left him in the entire game or took him out when he needed to take him out. And, I mean, he rode with his game plan, and, and it worked. So I got to give credit to Ty Lue. Um, honestly, don't know if the Clippers will win tonight. The Clippers are the most frustrating team I've ever witnessed in my life. Whenever you think they're going to lose, they'll win. And whenever you think they're going to win, they're going to lose. I would not be surprised at all if they lose this game and everybody um, hits the panic button and, you know, writes them off and say they need Kawhi and all this. Um, Because there's a good chance they'll come in game seven and beat Utah again. So I would not be surprised one bit if the Clippers were to fold. Um, Please don't. I need my bet. <laughs> if if Kawhi or I mean if Paul George goes out there and has another subpar performance, I know a lot of fans are gonna go off and roast this man, but he'll be back for Game Seven. That's all I can say. Uh, just don't be surprised though. I would not be surprised because this Jazz team is not gonna stop fighting, even though they are not good on the road in this series, especially. I mean, dude, I've seen Boyan hits. I saw him hit six or was it seven threes straight last the other night, and um, I'm completely cold. Dude, yeah, he went completely cold, even though, like, I just don't see that happening in L.A. I don't see any of these players just going crazy off in L.A. because um, it's a different it's a different atmosphere over there. Um, moving on, we got to talk about a very, very – something Kenny's been dying to talk about, man. Uh, he came on the show just to talk about this. Um, game five, Kevin Durant. Man, where do I begin with this? 49 points. Uh, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 49 point triple double. He could have had 50. Not gonna hold him off for that missed free throw, but uh, one of the greatest games I've ever seen in the history of <coughs> playoff basketball. Uh, one of the greatest games I've ever seen back against the wall. No Kyrie, you had James Harden, who was absolutely like just trolling, bro. Like, let's be honest, this man James Harden was not ready, he shouldn't have played. Um, he just looked like a shell of himself, uh, walking around. James Harden shouldn't have played, and Kevin Durant goes out goes out there, and um, him as well as as well as Uncle Jeff saved the net season. I would say that um, they came out and they balled out forty nine points. I wish we talked about this the, right after the game, because you know after Game Six, it's gonna go down to Game Seven, um, so we we really don't know what's gonna happen then. But that forty nine point Game Five performance, in my opinion, will go down if the Nets can win this series and go all the way to the finals, that will go down as one of the greatest performances in playoff history. Kenny, what are your thoughts? 
to me, that is the greatest performance of playoff history when this when this series because the stats say it all. It's never been done before in the playoffs, and to do that with no rest, often the Achilles injury we suffered for last year against a team with a two-time MVP and two all two All-Star caliber players in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and you were down. They were down eighteen. Yeah, seventeen in the first quarter. And Katie said, you know what, man, I'm the best player in the world. And he showed he is the best player in the world. Y'all remember that video where he said, I'm Kevin Durant? He's Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, bro. So, to me, LeBron, LeBron can drop. He can, he can drop. Like, I would not be surprised. Like, prime LeBron drop a 49, triple, point, triple, double. But in the way that Katie did it, you know, off of pure skill, off of no one to look for. He was just, he was just doing what he had to do. And plus, everyone on Twitter was, and everyone in NBA Twitter, all the Cavs were talking about, Katie can't play make. Temp, tennis is right there. He kept, he got Jeff Green involved. He got Blake Griffin involved. He just so he really came out there and showed the world he is the best player in the world, and he has been since 2018. And, you know, game seven, you're going to need to do it again. I don't, if he doesn't do it again, I don't think they're going to win because Harden still did not like the same Harden we've seen before. No Kyrie, he has to do it again. Yeah, I thought that was probably, given the circumstances, that was probably the greatest playoff performance I've ever seen. Uh, dude played 48 minutes, and off an Achilles, I would have not expected that. Like, he, they had been kind of managing him the whole season, and, I mean, this dude came to play. Um, I expected 42, 6, and 7, and he dropped 49, 17, and 10. Dude was insane. He was playing both ends of the floor. Um, he could not be guarded. There was nothing the Bucks could do. And Giannis didn't play him at all the whole game for some reason. I don't even know. The Bucks are a whole other story. Um, that loss was inexcusable on them. They're up 17. They like they they were blowing him out of the water in the first quarter. It was 70, 17 point deficit. It was 32 to 15. And we saw what happened earlier this playoffs with LeBron when his team went down early in the first quarter. We saw the body language. We saw how, like, there was no chance for Lakers. We saw his body language. Um, he was not going to be able to galvanize the troops. But KD stayed the course. He didn't back down. He didn't He didn't look like he was about to give up. And he just kept fighting. When, um, he had a rough first quarter, but after that, he was just cooking. Um, that fourth quarter was just a masterpiece. I mean, 20 points. Um, I did not expect that at all. And then uh, at the end of that game, there was this one possession where Harden was just holding onto the ball for like 20 seconds. And then I'm just like, nah, KD can't get the ball. If he gets the ball, the Bucks are screwed. He got the ball and made an off-balance three to, I think, take a five-point lead at that point. It was but, a terrible possession, too. Yeah, that was horrible. I was like, what is Harden doing? And then as soon as I saw KD just calling for the ball, I was like, y'all better not let him get the ball because he's making that shot and he did make that shot. That was a historic performance. I'm glad that I was able to watch that live. Well, not in person, but live, obviously. I mean, dude was just – he was just balling and he showed that he is the best player on the planet. He quelled all the concerns that he can't carry, he can't – playmake i didn't say i never said he wasn't a good playmaker i just said he wasn't the level of a playmaker as lebron but i mean obviously when he needs to he's gonna get the job done and i think he's gonna do that in game seven and as for the bucks oh god i mean this Giannis free throw problem needs to be solved i like it's the a nba thing. needs to do something about it bro i swear i'm not wasting i'm watching 30 seconds of this man warming up to take a free throw i can't exactly so I'm like y'all saw harden Harden was yeah. sick of it. Harden was absolutely sick of it. Um, and I just don't think the Bucks on the road, they're not going to be able to do it in game seven. We saw, we've seen how Chris Middleton has played on the road as opposed to home. He's averaging under 19 points per game on the road in the playoffs and over 25 at home. Um, great players play, play well, whether they're at home or away. And I don't think he's going to be able to step up for the Bucks to win that game. And I think the uh, Nets will have a little more juice. I think they kind of they kind of took their foot off the gas yesterday, um, knowing they had the game seven at home. And I think they're confident. I think they'll be able to pull it out. James Harden, he had yesterday, and 
it just seemed like he wasn't there the second half. I think he'll be a lot better. He'll be way more aggressive knowing that it's a do or die game seven. Um, and Katie's just going to do his thing. I think Shamit and Joe Harris are going to have to step up. One of those guys and Jeff Green, one of those guys is going to have to hit shots. Joe Harris has been an absolute disappointment this series. Trash. Um, this, Yeah, he's been absolute garbage. Like, you're the best three-point shooter in the league, and he can't hit water in the ocean, it seems like. And I think Blake Griffin is going to do a well enough job on Giannis um, for the Nets to pull it out. I think it's going to be a close one, but in the end, in a close game, who am I going to trust? The Bucks or the Nets? The team with I'm going to trust the team with KD, and I think the Nets are going to pull it out. Um, you know, just going back to your point about Joe Harris, he single-handedly lost them game three. If you guys don't remember, he had it was like he well, he was one of ten for sure. Open mid-range. He had open mid-range, I think to put up the Nets by five, I believe, or four, and he completely whiffed it. Like completely it was a free throw. Like literally a free throw. I missed it. Um, Joe Harris has not been the greatest player. People were saying Kevin Durant had an off night last night. My man's was 15 of 30 and had 32 points. If that's off. Um, you do not exactly. want to see what Kevin Durant's going to be on Game 7, bro. He had a lot of turnovers, though. It, like, it, he did have an efficient game, but I didn't think it was his best – one of his best 30-point oh, yeah, games for sure. Like, it just – he had a lot of turnovers. Um, usually it doesn't take him that many shots to get to around 30. So, yeah, it's um, just the standards are so high. For sure. James Harden, going back to what you said – um, yeah, he was aggressive in the first half, and then for some reason, I don't know what changed in the second half. Like, he took, I think he literally took one or two shots the entire half. Um, wasn't really there. He needs to be more like if Kevin Durant, because you're not going to ask Kevin Durant to do exactly what he did in game five. That was, you know, once in a lifetime type of performance. Unless he can repeat that, then that would just be crazy. Um, but James Harden needs to step up in game seven. I'm expecting at least 25 points if the Nets. Because I don't think the Bucs are going to just lay down and fold. I know this game's in Brooklyn. Um, it's going to be a tight game. As we saw, the Bucs jumped out to an early lead in game um, in game five. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. James Harden needs to step up to a plate. I mean, I've been I've been saying James Harden is the most important player in this playoffs, and he's definitely just proven me wrong. Uh, he is he's after this injury he just doesn't look like himself hope it's only been two games. Hopefully, this this game coming up he's going to step up to the plate. And I mean, just. All you need to do is just put play your role, man. I just just distribute the ball, get at least twenty five points, and you guys are gonna win that game. Because Kevin Durant's gonna give you thirty no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's only that's a, that was game six and an off quote unquote off game. I think if he plays focused, he will get you thirty, even forty, forty points. And I don't see how you guys beat that, or I don't see how the, the Bucks beat that. Um, Kenny, what are your thoughts on game seven? I think you know I've learned a lot. Hamstring injuries are rough. I have that pain down there, and it's hard to run on that leg. And Harden, he was not—he clearly was not ready in Game Five. But you know, Game Six, he was looking a little bit better. Hopefully, by the night, he will be able to move a lot more, have more mobility, able to create opportunities for guys like Joe Harris and Sam and Jeff Green. KD going to drop 35, 40, 50. He may even sixty tonight. Who knows? But it will—the the Nets won't go out like that, especially on their home court. They will make this a close game no matter what happens. And in that end of that close game, I want the big time shot makers, not Chris Middleton shooting. So <laughs> it all comes down really to I think it will come out of talent pretty much. And the Nets have more talent than the Bucks. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, and the Nets have a better coach. I mean Budenholzer if if they lose if the Bucks lose this game, because he's gotta go. Yeah, he's gotta go. And they have been they just frustrate me at times. Um, Drew Holiday, I don't know why you're taking 10 threes when you have James Harden guarding you. Like, you got to attack him. He can't move. He's playing on one leg, and he's just taking all these random fallaway step-back threes. Like, you cannot be doing that. You got to attack him. That's the only way you're going to win this game. You're going to have to take advantage of the mismatches. And I'm just not sure Bud can um, do that for them. It's sad, but because this team is definitely like the Bucks, the roster on paper, despite the fact that they have Katie and Harden, like their roster and team are still better when Kyrie's not there. Yeah, and you know, with the hobble Harden, too, this should not be a very or they should be winning more 
game one and they said they had one entire series and you know that 18 point blowout is unacceptable for a team like that caliber but knows that's on you to make the correct adjustments should have been triple teaming triple teaming katie in that game watch win that game but yeah speaking of adjustments i want to say this real quick i want to say this real quick um james harden is on one leg he's injured and when I saw when I saw Giannis back him down, and I saw James Harden wave him off, that was that that's was just ultimate disrespect. That's the moment I knew James Harden was completely right, man. Giannis is just not that guy, bro. You know when he says you're not that guy, pal. That's that's little Giannis. He decided to take a fade away, bro. I was just I was just in shock right there, at that point. James Harden is in is in Giannis's head, man. He knows what he's doing, um, and that's all I can say. If Giannis, if I see Giannis on James Harden again, and I see him take another fade away, yeah, just. He's not that guy, and um, that's all I can really say about that. But yeah, Shrey, go ahead and go go off of what you were saying about adjustments. Oh no, no, I thought we were going to the next topic. Oh, the the Sixers. Yeah, we got to go on the next topic. Um, something that I really, really just started noticing this year, and really pointing out. Um, the Sixers are are. Let's give some background. The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, I don't know where to start, man. I don't know where to start with this game or oh this series. Uh, Shrey put money on this series, and I literally stopped watching after the third, after the second quarter, two and a half quarters in. It was, I think it was like a 26-point game at one point. Sixers um, in the second half, Seth Curry and then Joel Embiid were the only two Sixers to hit a free throw for the entire half. Uh, Seth Curry was hot. The Sixers were looking real nice, and then – Fourth quarter starts and the fold begins, and it was it was not. I gotta give credit to Atlanta. I, I'm not gonna put this all on Philly, but Atlanta never gave up. Trey Young balled out. Trey Young had one of the best playoff games I've ever seen him play. Um, Clint Capella said some stuff about Joel Embiid saying that if he was tired, then he's not as good. He's not as effective. Low key, he was right. right. Low key, he was right. Um, Seth Curry was hot, and then. Doc Rivers like just decided to give Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris the ball for like I don't know how many straight possessions. And by the time Seth Curry got the ball again, he missed a shot because he was cold. Um, just a lot of things went wrong for the Sixers, and a lot of things went right for the clip um, for the Hawks. I, I gotta say, <laughs> man, Ben Simmons, I was I was trying to hang on to as long as much as I could. I'm like, oh, he's still he has some value in this league. You know, you can win with Ben Simmons. No, you can't. You cannot win. You cannot win with Ben Simmons. He cannot be trusted in the playoffs. Uh, I saw a tweet where he said Hack of Ben is not gonna not gonna work anymore. And this is in 2017. It's 2021. People are still hacking you, bro. Four years later, you can't hit a free throw. Save your life. It's just one of these things is bro. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of problems with the Sixers. The process is one of the things that when they built it up, it was it looks real nice, but there's a lot of cracks in it, and there's there's too many cracks in this in the Sixers organization, and if they lose to the Hawks tonight, blow the entire thing up, ship Ben out of town, get rid of Tobias. He's a waste of money. I'm telling you right now, the Clippers or the Sixers, they got one draft pick right, and it was Joel Embiid. Everything else is just, I don't know, it's just pieces, but there's no actual cement, cemented things that you can hang your hat on if you're a Sixers fan um, besides Embiid, and he can't even stay healthy all the time, so... Uh, that's all I have to say about him. I'll go. I'll go into more detail later. But um, straight, get your thoughts off <sighs> this team, man. I as much like I'm a huge fan of Embiid. I want them to get to the finals, and I, I will if the if when I found out Kyrie and Harden were out, I I will, I wanted the Sixers to go to the finals. But obviously, now that Harden is back, I'm rooting for the Nets. But <sighs> this this team just. It's just such so frustrating. It's been so many years where they've been like, oh, they're up next. They're up next. The process, if they lose this series, it, it's over. It's over. You got to blow it up. Um, I don't know if Doc Rivers stays, but Ben Simmons definitely has to go. This clearly, this partnership with Embiid and Simmons clearly has run its course if they lose this series. Um it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand how you can go a whole half with only two players making a shot. The splits were 36 points for uh, Seth Curry and Embiid in the second half and six for the rest of the team. Like, that is inexcusable. Tobias Harris can't be playing 38 minutes 
and scoring four points. And Ben Simmons, I'm a huge, I've been a huge fan of Ben Simmons. I've, I've, I've always believed in him, but I, I, I'm, I can't anymore. Like this is 32% from the free throw line, this whole playoffs. Like I, he's missed more free throws than the entire Hawks team this playoffs. Like I, I can't even put that into words how how embarrassing that is. Um, it's clear that he's scared to go to the free throw line, which is toned down his aggressiveness in terms of going to the basket. He's afraid to go to the free throw line. He has absolutely no confidence there. Um, is, it, the is, form, it, is it a coincidence that he's part of Clutch Sports, man? I don't know, man. Free throws, Clutch yeah, they Sports. They just can't shoot free there. throws. <laughs> they just can't. Four of 14. I think he was a first guard in like 10 to 15 years to miss 10 free throws in a game. And, and like everyone's like, oh, yeah, if, he, if he's not scoring, he can do other things. Um, well, he can't really be a playmate. He's more of a – he's a good passer, but I don't think he's that great of a playmaker in the half court because he doesn't put any pressure on the defense. So that part of the game is kind of gone. So he's basically an offensive liability at this point in the series. And defensively, I mean, Trey Young cooked him. Like he's supposed to. He 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 was talking about, oh yeah, I want I'm I want to be the defensive player of the year. I think I'm be- the best defensive player in the game. This and that. And Trey Young put thirty nine on your head. Um, this loss on so many levels was inexcusable. Um, you're up by twenty six in the second half. I think it was seven minutes left in the third quarter or something like that. They were up by twenty six. And you have three all-NBA defenders. You have Matisse Thibel, second team. You have Joel Embiid, second team. And then Ben Simmons, first team. And mm. you allow 40 points in the fourth quarter. Mm. Cannot they, they, It just looked like they gave up. Lou Williams had so many open <laughs> shots. Lou Williams had so many open shots. Gallo was getting whatever he wanted. I mean... On the pick and rolls, Trey was just killing them. Um, Howard wasn't getting out and contesting any of his mid-ranges. Joel Embiid, just, he just looked slow. He looked very slow. He looked very fatigued. And this, like, they, they're always talking about, oh, yeah, like, I, I deserve the MVP, this and that. Well, if you want the MVP, you got to hit those free throws at the end of the game. He missed both free throws. Um, their offense just completely shut off. Doc Rivers clearly showing that um, he's the king of blown leads. <laughs> um, he has the most blown leads in the last 10, 10 playoffs. Um, and it's by a wide margin. Um, he, I think he's becoming an overrated coach at this point because we see what Ty Lue is doing with the Clippers. And this is just, this is just sad. Um, they're clearly, I think, a better team on paper and when they're on, they're much better than the Hawks. It just looks like they're a better team. But it seems, it, dude, it just seems like he has no idea how to use how to use Tobias Harris, bro. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think if if he's not scoring the ball, he's literally he should not be in the game. Simple, plain and simple. If he's cold that night, just take him out the game. This man was literally just standing around. He had four points in thirty eight minutes. What like what are you doing leaving a score out there for that long? He came and scored. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. If Doc Rivers did not win that ring in 2008, he's not coaching any of these teams, bro. He can get you to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah he can get you to the playoffs. He's not, he has loaded rosters every single season. I haven't seen a bad team that Doc Rivers had. And it's, yeah, he had CP3. We see what CP3 is doing right now all those years. And this, this Doc Rivers right now, the way he's, it, it makes the like, it makes the Clippers look so much better because I think they, that Clippers team was so talented and Doc Rivers didn't know how to use them properly, didn't know how to, I don't know. He didn't have good relationships with the players. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But and the know. game before that, they blew an 18 point lead. <laughs> Dude, the Cl- yeah. it's just something about something about Doc Rivers, man, blowing leads. Remember, when the Clippers were up 3 1, they had three three games three. closed out. They were up double digits every single game and blew every single lead. And I'm not trying to put all the blame on Doc Rivers. You know, some of it has to do with the players. But when the trend's been going on for the past like 10 seasons, bro, like, you got to start looking at the coach just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, you know, I'm probably the biggest Trey Young fan here. And if you, for all the listeners out there who've been hating, stop, bro. It's 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 corny now. He's proved what kind of player he is. Down 26 and 18 the last two games. Winning one of them in Philly? That's bad. I remember during the game, I was like, wow, 
maybe Capella, Capella should not talk when he said comments about Joel Embiid being useless when he's tired. That's looking true now. Looking true now. Doc Rivers adjustment. I used to be a Doc Rivers fan, but now it is looking a little bad on him. But I do believe it's not all on him. You know, he's not the one out there balling. If the players really wanted it. They were out there. They were not blow a twenty-six point lead in the fourth quarter, allowing forty points. That I've been saying, Ben Simmons is nothing more than a playmaking Tony Allen, and he's not even that good of a Tony Allen either. I think you're right. I'm not even gonna lie. I've been saying that like, you can't be six ten to be an athletic freaking nature. Hot take, man. Hot take. Hot take. Real quick. Hot take. Lonzo Ball better than Ben Simmons? Yes or no? They're the same. Please a six ten by Lonzo Ball who can who can't shoot. What? Bro, wait, six, what? Lonzo can't shoot. No, I said Ben Simmons is a 6'10 Lonzo ball who can't shoot. Oh, so yeah, Lonzo is better. Than ben. But Lonzo is also not a, a liability at the free throw line. That's a problem. Yeah, that's also true. But I don't know. They, I would say they're the same player in their regards in terms of. In I, I would say this right players. now. If Lonzo was on the Sixers, they'd be better. They probably would be. You put any scoring guard on that team who can get a bucket, they probably would be. But. That's that's an embarrassing loss on your home court in front of Doctor yeah. J and, and AI. And that's crazy, and you know, didn't I must to say y'all really covered it? All, all guys said left is Trey's here to stay, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's not even the free throw is not even the problem. Like they just like they're clearly fouling him. Like it's not even him doing it all the time. Like they're actually fouling him when he gets to the basket because they can't stay in front of him. If you don't want to get the foul, stay in front of him. Keep your chest in front yeah. of him. Yeah, Thibel had a really bad foul at the end of that game on a three-pointer. Yeah, I mean, they the Sixers, it was just – like, there were two plays at the end of the game where they were they were trying to get a bucket. I think it was either tied or they were, the Sixers were down by two. And Tobias Harris just looked like he was so confused. He looked like he forgot how to play basketball. One of them was a horrible turnover. He just – completely missed the pass and then the next play they were trying for like 10 seconds to get and beat the ball on the post and then Tobias Harris just comes over and brings his man for the double team and there was it was another really bad shot so I don't expect Tobias Harris to be that bad but I also don't expect him to drop 30 so he's gonna have to at least be himself for them to have a chance tonight I am not confident at all in them but I'm still gonna pick them tonight <laughs> I I think they can pull it out, um, but it's going to – like, I'm not very confident about my prediction tonight. Uh, you know, I thought Sixers were going to win this series in six. I've gotten a complete 180. No hope in this team at all. Ben Simmons' confidence down the drain. Tobias Harris, um, ineffective. Joel Embiid, when he's tired, we saw what happened. Uh, I could be wrong. I want to be wrong. And I think the Hawks are going to win this series in six and go to the conference finals. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Kenny. I would have thought. I would have thought. Yeah, I know you would have thought. <laughs> Hawks in six tonight. It's over in the A. Trade drop in 40. If Shannon Sharp is there, I got the Hawks. Let me do a quick overview of the process. And we're, and we're going to see if this was probably the most overhyped overrated thing in an NBA for the past five, six years. Starting off with Joel Embiid, of course, the hit on that. It took him two years to play, but eventually they did, they did hit on Joel Embiid, third overall pick. We all can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to 2015. They get Jaleel Okafor. Big swing and a miss. Not, not his era. I feel like if he was playing 10, 15 years ago, he would have been hitting, but uh, yeah. That was and you drafted two centers in a row. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. I think it was because at that time, Joel Embiid hasn't, hadn't played a game yet, so they're like, oh, man, I don't know, maybe like – who knows? I don't know what they were thinking in the front office at the time. 2016, we move on. We got Ben Simmons, who didn't play his first year, and then one rookie of the year, his second year in 2017. Um, now it's starting to look like, you know, a bit of a whiff, a bit of a whiff. Well, we didn't know that Ben Simmons wouldn't develop a jumper at all. Four years and later, he's regressed. He's yeah, gotten worse. He's gotten His worse. playoff stats have gotten worse. Five years later, man. Fast forward five years. I remember it was the Wizards playing the Sixers. One of the first – it was the first game that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid played together in like 
a season opener. And the, I've never seen the Sixers fans so hyped up before. To see it all crumbling down now is just crazy to me. Um, but, yeah, so Ben Simmons in 2016. And then we move on to 2017, in which they trade up from the number three, number three spot to draft Markel Fultz, two plays. I don't know how many total games he played for them. <laughs> that is but pathetic, bro. He's that not, he's not there anymore, game. so I guess that was a whiff, too. A bust for them. For yeah, them. it was a bust for them. It was a it was stupid a bust for trade. The Sixers, for the Sixers. Yeah, it was, it was a, a stupid trade because they could have got him at three. They, yeah. I don't understand why they traded up when it was basically a foregone conclusion that the Lakers were getting Lonzo and Tatum was going to the Celtics. Yeah, so that was the process. That's the process for you. And, and then, then let's not forget Zaire Smith. Oh, Zaire Smith, too, who disappeared, man. Man's gone from the face of the <laughs> Oh, man, the six, The process is is dead, officially. After this season, if they lose, if they're not, if they're now making the conference finals, it's officially dead, blow the whole thing up. Um, it was a fun run, but Sixers are going to be back to being um, an average franchise, man. Nothing let's not forget. Better. Let's not forget that Zaire Smith pick. They traded away Mikal Bridges and got Zaire Smith. They like that. Like what? I I don't understand. When they made that pick, I was like, "Oh, bet!" Like that's a good pick for the the Sixers. Mikal Bridges is about to be nice. Like he fits perfect. He can shoot threes, plays defense, and for some, and he was a Philly kid. And for some reason, they decide they thought that Zaire Smith was the answer. And you see, like he just did not. Ooh. Ever pan out? <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh man, it's it's a rough day to be a Sixers fan, but uh, they have hope tonight. I don't think they're gonna win, but if they if they do win and come back and win the series, uh, I don't give them any chance against Brooklyn at all. If they were to play Brooklyn or Milwaukee, I don't see them beating either one of those teams. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next topic in the podcast. We got to talk about the trade the beginning of the rebuild in Boston. As we all know, Brad Stevens is the new, um, what is it, like head of player, personnel, something, whatever yeah. Danny Ainge had before. That's what Brad Stevens is now. First thing he does is ship uh, Kemba. And I didn't expect this. I knew Kemba was going to get shipped, but I didn't know it would be so easy. I thought it would be around free agency time. I guess they really wanted him out of there. Um, they sent him to OKC, where I'm expecting OKC to just ship him somewhere else for more draft picks. Um you know, this is the end of an era, the Danny Ainge era, all these players he's built. I'm pretty sure Brad Stevens is going to pull them off one by one. I think this was a very smart move for the for the Celtics, you know. Kemba is an aging guard. Um, he's not who he – well, he, he is who he is, um, and he's expensive. So he, that contract ran up to 2024. By clearing the books off that, they have some cap space. I don't know who the Celtics are going to sign with that cap space. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But um, – this is a step in the right direction. And for me, who a person who doesn't really like the Celtics, this was a very smart move. So I got to give them credit where credit is due. Uh, they did get Al Horford back forever, for whatever that's worth. Um, I think he's going to be a good veteran presence for the young kids. I mean, was it Jason Tatum's like 24, 23? And then Jalen Brown's one of them. They're, they're very young. Um, so I feel like they need that veteran presence in there in the locker room and maybe it'll work out for them. But I, at this point, this is the very baby steps of, of building something special. And I think the Celtics are, are taking the, the step in the right direction. Yeah, I think this was necessary. Um, they, I, it, it was clear that Kemba was going to be gone after this season. They just needed to find someone who would trade for that contract and, I mean, the Thunder are going to take first-round picks. I mean, the fact that you had to unload a first-rounder this year to trade away a guy who you thought was going to, who you thought was going to replace Kyrie Irving, uh, that's just funny. And then you traded away, uh, you signed and traded uh, Terry Rozier, who was also balling. Uh, just amazing, amazing job by the Celtics. Um, but yeah, this was necessary. I think Al Horford. I mean, he had some of his best seasons most effective seasons on the Celtics. I think he'll be a good veteran presence, and I think he'll fit pretty seamlessly. He's played with these guys before, and he played really well. So I think he'll be a good fit for them, a much better fit than Kemba, I think. Um, they just – it just wasn't working. Um, and Kemba, he's a guy in his 30s now who has bad knees, and he's a smaller guard. So I, I – 
I just don't know what the next step is for his career. I I will be surprised if someone takes on that contract outside of some of the worst organizations in the league, aka the Kings and uh, the Pelicans and the Wolves, like you said earlier, Vincent. But yeah, I mean, um, Moses Brown, he could be a good piece for them. He played. He had some nice games for the Thunder. Um, they've needed some help with big men, and um, Robert Williams hasn't been able to really stay healthy. Um, Tristan Thompson had a really bad season for them. I heard lots of Celtics fans were not happy with the way he played. So there'll be two pretty good building blocks. They still need to address the bench. Um, I don't know if uh, Marcus Smart's going to stay. I think he's a very uh, prized asset in this league. So they might have to trade him for some better uh, scoring depth off the bench because that was a huge problem this year. Uh, I think they just have a lot of young guys who aren't very proven, um, haven't really gotten the full backing of a coach to have those minutes, and that's why their bench has just struggled. Their young guys haven't really developed, like Romeo Langford, um, Carson Edwards, Neesmith. They all haven't really gotten an opportunity where they've had the full trust of the coach, and I think they're going to have to look for some veteran guys off the bench uh, with the cap sca- with the cap space that they got with this trade. I think it's a win-win trade for both teams. Like you said, the guy with Kemba, Kemba clearly was not a part of their plans going forward. forward. He is an aging guard. They exchange big contracts for old players, but Horford is an aging big man compared to an aging guard. And guards, somebody like when you lose that, that quick step, it's a lot worse than a, you know, a big man who's aging. Horford can still grab boards. He can pass, shoot the outside shot. He'll be fine for them. Like you said, that veteran presence as well. Um, they get Moses Brown. He was having 20-20 double-doubles in the season with the Thunder. I, I'm going to miss him, but he was going to be a good piece for them. Who knows? That guy for them, him or Robert Williams. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, that's a – Brad Stevens already shown that he's a better GM than Ames ever could be. Making better. <laughs> oh, man. Ames was not making the best move for his team. Um, was even saying the right things. So even just talking to you know, President thing, he just wasn't. I didn't like him. He was very outdated. That's what I was saying. He was too old, too afraid to give up his picks for no reason. But you know, this team is taking a a good step. Tatum and Brown might finally get the team that they deserve around them to compete for a championship. Uh, it's a Brad era. Brad, he didn't, he does some good things for the organization. He's going to continue to do great, better things. Thunder, they get a first-round pick. You know, we're going to have a lot of first-round picks in the upcoming years. Exactly what Kenny loves to hear, man. He le- he, yeah. he wants to see this team build from the ground up, man. He don't want to see no free agent signings, man. Kenny wants to I see – I don't want to say all that, but – Well, I, we, we know you love your potential players. That's, that's also true. But, you know, Thunder, they got a good future looking ahead of them. Sam Preston knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That, that scouting office we got, we got – Always hitting on draft picks, so yeah. I think the Lakers could learn a thing or two. Yeah, 18 first round picks over the next seven years for the Thunder. That's kind of crazy. That is absolutely insane. I think they might use of one of those draft picks to trade away Kemba. Um, one thousand, bro. That's a lot of million, a lot of money. Yeah, I just don't know like what they're gonna do with him, like. I definitely, so I don't think he's definitely. I definitely think he's not good. I'll see him teaming up with uh, D'Lo next year in, t- in Minnesota. I won't be surprised. I mean, they could probably trade. They could trade him for a young player, kind of a first round pick and come up for a young player. Yeah, but they would have to match the money too for a team who's trying to contend. I know what they could do. You know what? I there are a lot of dumb teams in the in this league. I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, Kemba, Kemba for De'Aaron Fox. So. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if some team's giving Kemba like 40 minutes next year and he has a breakout year again and it gets into like gets into the all NBA discussion, bro. I swear if, if that happens again, I wouldn't be surprised. Um I'm gonna some of these GMs never play 2K my league shows. <laughs> Let's move on to he the He was next. an all-star starter. Yeah, he was dude. Listen, Kemba was nice, bro. He was nice in Charlotte. I, I'm telling you, I don't know when he when he goes to a contender, you gotta play differently. You gotta take a little backseat. And I don't think he – I don't I don't know if he was able to do that. And then he just I, – I guess he's older now. So, 
Um, we're seeing an era where when we were kids, those guards were like our, our superheroes, man. We had John Wall. We had Kemba mm-hmm. Walker. Now, you know. J.J. Little, Redick, man. J.J. Dude, we're old now. This yeah, is, J.J. Been, Redick's like washed 11, now. It's been like 11 years since they're in the league. 10, 11 years. So, uh, wow. That just that is just crazy to me. Um, moving on to the next topic, a topic that a lot of people have mixed feelings about. We got to talk about Zion Williamson and him wanting out of New Orleans. Uh, this is something very a little bit controversial. Well, it wasn't him; it was his family members who said um, they wanted out. But you know, why would Zion let that leak? I don't think Zion said it himself personally, but I wouldn't be surprised if his family members wanted out. Uh, New Orleans is just. They're a mess. They're a mess of a franchise right now. They couldn't get the right coach for the past three seasons. And uh, it's just – I feel bad for Zion. I do. I pray, I really do. But at the end of the day, bro, it's your second year in the league. Let's take a step back, man. You're in the league. Be grateful you're here in this situation. Play out your rookie contract. You have two more years left. Um, you've only played like half of, half of the games you could have played because you missed out a lot of games last year. And then you still couldn't make the playoffs. They had the, the NBA had the entire – playing game situation guys couldn't get the 10 seed i know it's not your fault but um you know it's a very difficult situation but i think he's a little i may give it another year or another year and a half and we'll see what happens because um i don't think zion should be asking out for to be out right now at this point at this moment um you know i haven't seen any rookies on their deals being asked to leave two years into it as a number one overall pick so I think give it another year, Zion. Just ride out for one more year. I know it's going to be terrible. The Pelicans are probably not going to miss the playoffs again. I think he's seeing what Jaw's doing over there in Memphis. Um, he's seeing that RJ got to the playoffs. And he just he, he really wants to get there. But the team mm-hmm. is just trash. And if you do go somewhere, go to New York, man. Team of RJ. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. He's too, ahead, he's too young to be asking out right now. Or to family to talk about that. That's the second year in the league. You know, LeBron didn't have the best success his first two years. You're you're there to build the franchise up. So within the first two years, you can't be asking, you know, out already. Because oh, the franchise is not going up, bro. I'm telling you right now. I mean, yeah. When it when you realize there's a point where you can be like, okay, this is not going to work out. They're not going to do anything to surround me with talent. I mean, you and Ingram, they're talent. They they are franchise players, Ingram and Zion. But if you can't build around those those two guys. I think you said Lonzo wrong. Good one. <laughs> anyway, Lonzo's gonna be gone too, bro. Don't even stress it, man. Lonzo, Lonzo going to the Knicks too, man. They're gonna meet each other back in New York in two years. Yeah, can't find a can't find a solid coach after I say give it after your third year. If things aren't looking up, then you can start you know questioning your future. There. But right now, I think it's a little too early. Um, just gotta go there, play ball out. Hopefully, you can build, help the team start to build up with you. But right now. Quiet that down. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's him saying all this. Like, I just don't see. I just don't see him as that type of dude. And like, obviously, I would love to see him in New York. I think we would love to see him in a big market, but that just can't happen right now. I think it's inevitable that he doesn't end his career as a Pelican. I just do not see that happening. Um, they've always struggled with guys they've drafted to keep them. CP3, Anthony Davis, but there's a lot Zion can still do to improve his game. Um, as great as he is, he's still not a really good defender, um, and his shot can obviously improve. So before we can talk about him leaving and stuff, you got to do whatever you can in terms of improving your skills to show the New Orleans fan base and the organization that you did whatever you could do, uh, and they just couldn't surround you with the right pieces. So um, then he's got to play it out, obviously, for one to two more years. As soon as that rookie contract's up, um, he can make his decision on what he wants to do. Um, but, yeah, for now, um, just play it out. Improve your skills. Um, David Griffin, I mean, please hire a good coach. Um, this is going to be his third coach in his third year. Um, he's, I think he's an overrated GM, honestly. Um, he traded away Drew Holiday for a bunch of late first rounders, Eric Bledsoe. Like, I don't understand. He's Holiday's a all defensive player and borderline all star, I guess. 
and you're trading away, trading him away for a role player and a bunch of late first round picks, that's not going to work when you're trying to appease one of the best talents to ever come out of college. Um, and then obviously they got Adams, which is not that big of an upgrade from Derek Favors, who was the center of the year before. So they're, they're going to have to make some moves. Uh, I think Lonzo's gone. Uh, it's pretty clear that they're not going to offer him. They're a small market team. They're not going to offer him some crazy money. I think there are going to be other teams in bigger markets that are going to throw a lot more money at him, a.k.a. Chicago, if they can create the cap space, and the Knicks, who obviously need a point guard. So David Griffin has some work to do. Zion has some work to do, and hopefully the Pelicans can improve, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's out of New Orleans by his prime, at least. Thank God for that. I'm going away. Um, yeah, with that being said, that's going to wrap up the show for tonight. It's going to be a great night of playoff basketball. We're going to see if the Hawks can close out the Sixers. I kind of want this to happen. I want to see what happens to Ben Simmons. I want to see what happens to Ben Simmons after this season. Um, who knows, man? Maybe Dame. Maybe Dame goes to the Sixers. I don't know. But I, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Um, Let's not forget they they, they could have traded him for James Harden. Oh, my God. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. Wow. Yeah. Sixers front office. Now his value is down. Wow. His value is just in the tank compared to what it was at the start of the season. If you were a GM right now and you had Ben Simmons or – Let's say, I mean, I I don't know. I like Kenny's right, but Ben Simmons not being a top ten point guard, bro. Because I honestly would take. There's so many other point guards I would take over Ben Simmons right now. I don't know how many assets. Wait, what assets would you? I feel like the Sixers would be the ones giving up assets if they want to get another point guard. They would have to give up else because he's not desirable yeah. on the market right now. Yeah, so Ben I, I Simmons, think. Ben Simmons, Maxi, um, possibly Bible. My God, either Thibault or Maxi, one of the two, and then a couple of picks for Dame. I think that's like that's where you start. And let's say this right now, man. Tobias Harris is on a five-year, one hundred eighty million dollar contract, so I don't know if they're gonna get rid of him any anytime soon. They could have got Jimmy. They could have got Jimmy two years ago, but no. Um, yeah, we still. I think get, there's a lot of cracks. That team in was stacked, bro. Like the team with Jimmy, Kawhi, Kawhi. Snapped his fingers that he did the Thanos impression and he literally just ended them. I should have known that. That's crazy. That is insane to think about. Um, the Sixers. This is this is going to be one of the biggest what if teams ever. Uh, they couldn't get to the conference finals with this core, and I think it's going to be blown up by after next year. So that's that's going to be crazy to see. And uh, Simmons, show them tonight. Show the world tonight that you're better than this. I'm rooting for you. Oh, yeah. He's going to show the world. 16 points on um, uh, 16 points, nine shot attempts. <laughs> yeah. Five of nine shooting. Five of six nine of shooting, 16 man. from the free throw line. Oh, man. All right. Uh, with all that being said, that's going to wrap up the show for tonight. Thank you all for joining, and thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all soon. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace. Peace. I'll see you all.